Hey, what is happening, everyone? It's your boy, Kyle, and we're back with another week, another episode of the Life Well Lived podcast. Super excited to be with you guys today. If you are just jumping into the podcast, we are continuing our series on the Enneagram. What's the Enneagram? Well, I recommend jumping back a couple episodes and listening to the intro episode. We are embarking on an 11-week series, which includes the nine Enneagram numbers, as well as the intro and conclusion episode. And if you're like, Enneagram, nine numbers, what are you talking about, Kyle? Well, go back, listen to the intro to the Enneagram episode so you can get caught up on what we're talking about, what the numbers mean, and what this series is all about. About last episode, we had the Enneagram Eights, and we talked all about our good friends, the Eights. And if you're wondering why we started at number eight of a nine number Enneagram, well, again, go back to the intro episode. Hint, hint, it has to do with the triads. So we are continuing on our series with Enneagram Nines today. Super excited to talk about Nines, the Peacemakers. So without further ado, turn it up in the headphones, turn it up wherever you're listening for the Life Well Lived podcast. Hi guys, I'm Kyle Kirby, an entrepreneur, speaker, and friend, and welcome to Life Well Lived, a podcast designed to give you the ins and outs, the goods, and what you need to scale your life to the next level. I hope you guys are having a great week. Welcome to the What's Crackalackin' section. I always imagine when I say the words What's Crackalackin' like Donkey from from Shrek, he's like, What's Crackalackin' Shrek? Something like that. But wanted to welcome you guys back, especially you continuous listeners to the Life Well Lived podcast. I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart that I have been distanced these last three weeks. We've missed three episodes of the Life Well Live podcast. One of the things when I had committed and really wanted to start this podcast, I remember Joe Rogan, who's very famous for the podcast he creates, the Joe Rogan Experience. He talked about if you're an inspiring podcast, if you're looking to start a podcast, consistency is the key. You can't have missed weeks. And here we are. I think we had 22, 23 weeks strong and Um, We started this new series on the Enneagram and it has just been crazy. I thought for sure, you know, despite the selling of the house, the buying of the new house, opening up the club, I said, I I think I'll have time to continue to record the podcast and talk about these Enneagram numbers and holy moly, y'all, like it has been crazy. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to apologize, but I did want to give you guys an update on kind of what's going on. We are going to try to catch up. My goal for the year was to, there's 52 weeks in the year, have 52 weeks worth of podcasts. So 52 episodes in season one of the Life Well Lived podcast. And it was my commitment to you to get those 52 weeks out. So uh, I can't promise you how fast we are going to catch up, but I'm going to tell you we are going to catch up. So I don't want to go into all the details of what's going on um, because I got to save it like uh, for these few episodes that we're going to record somewhat quick together. But just to give you guys a recap of why we've been distant. So last time we chatted, we talked about the Enneagram 8s. And since then, uh, we sold our house. We moved completely out of our house. We moved into a new house and opened opened up a nutrition club all within about a seven day time period. And like I said, I thought for sure I would have time to sit down, record a podcast, do all that good stuff. But 
you know, life happens and, and some things uh, got to take a little bit priority as much as this has been a great heart project and I've enjoyed this podcast, you know, running my business, my wife, my family, those things are important too. So um, hopefully we'll get back on track now. Things are starting to settle down. This last week was a, a little bit easier, got into a good eating regimen again, got into a good workout regimen, and now we're going to get into a good podcasting regimen. So in the next uh, few episodes, uh, talking about the ones of the Enneagram and the twos of the Enneagrams after nine today. Um, we are going to go uh, in more detail about what is going happening or what is happening in my life, some of the things that I'm finding in Baraboo and leaving River Falls and some of the emotions and all that behind it. But just want to give you guys an update as we uh, embark on Enneagram 9s today on what's going on, why there was a little bit of gap in the podcast. And uh, we're going to get back into the swing of things with that starting for sure weekly, but then um, hopefully getting a few other podcasts, some bonus episodes to catch up. So so you guys will have a little bit more to listen to. So with that, we're going to go into Enneagram 9s, finishing up the What's Crackalackin' section of our podcast. So uh, let's jump right on in. Jumping right into our talk about the Enneagram 9s. 9s are the peacemakers. So in today's episode, we're going to be going through the basic description, the triad that the nines are a part of, the four dynamic numbers, so their wings, their stress and security numbers, their deadly sin, healthy, average, and unhealthy nine. So you can find where you fall in that spectrum if you believe you are nine, some thoughts and notes, some transformation, and words to repeat, and words of thanks for yourself. So remember the goal of the Enneagram, as we went over the intro, I, I should throw this out there. If you haven't, if you're just jumping in, don't start here with nines. Make sure you uh, jump back to the intro episode. Make sure you listen to the episode on the eights and then on the nines, you'll understand why we're doing them in that order. Why the heck are we starting with eight, right? But if you listen to the episodes, that will make sense. And we're, we're focusing on the goal of the Enneagram study is to identify what number in the Enneagram you are. And then from understanding our number, we can become more aware of the things we do, the things we feel, why we, why we go towards stress, why we do things in security, like what are the things we do? And when we can become aware of those things, we can become transform, trans, transformative. <laughs> we, we can start to transform our life. And because, you know, the saying is like, what you don't know can't hurt you. No, no, no. Like what you don't know definitely can hurt you. And by understanding the things we do, understanding if you're a nine or an eight or fourth or whatever it may be for you, you can begin transforming your life to live the best life possible, to live a life well lived. So let's jump into our study of the nines. If I could summarize the nines in a, a very fun way, I would think of Timon and Pumbaa from Lion King. Hakuna Matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days. So the basic description of the nines, number nines are the peacemakers. Type nine is receptive, reassuring, complacent, and resigned. They are pleasant, laid back, and accommodating. They are motivated by a need to keep the peace, merge with others, and avoid conflict at all costs. Nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They are usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to get along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly and be without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems, and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness. At their best, they're indomitable and all-embracing. They are able to bring people together 
and heal conflicts. The basic fear of a nine is loss and separation. Their basic desire is to have inner stability and have an inner peace of mind. The Enneagrams with an eight wing, so if you guys remember the the wings and the stress and security numbers, is called the referee, and we'll get into that in a second. An Enneagram with a nine wing, or an Enneagram nine with a one wing is called the dreamer. So the key motivations of a nine is they want to create harmony in their environment to avoid conflicts and tensions, to preserve things as they are, and to resist whatever would upset or disturb them. So you might be a nine if you avoid conflict, are not a self-starter, tend to procrastinate, go along with others, have a hard time making decisions, if you tend to get distracted from important tasks, if you find routines comforting. It's hard to get the train rolling, but once the train gets rolling, you get things done. If you have a mindset of what you see is what you get, you're a good listener, but long conversations are hard to pay attention to. You may tend to tune people out or even daydream. You enjoy a quiet evening at home. That that sounds really nice to you. Outdoor walks or camping is very soothing. You like to do what others like to do. You feel selfish for doing what you want to do, and others may see you as peaceful. So we're going to go through some famous quotes of nines. A a few nines I found. We'll start with a former president, President Barack Obama. He said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. President Obama also said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Again, we are the change. Oh, I just copied the same quote. I was like, why does that sound like the same thing? I just (laughs) copied the same quote twice on my nose. Oh, that's funny. Sorry. Uh, Let me read one more down here. He also said, I was like, why does that sound like the exact same quote? So the first one, change will not come. Okay, so second one, there's not a liberal America and a conservative America. There's the United States of America. So the peacemaker, right? Uh, Another famous nine would be Bill Murray. Bill Murray said, the secret is to have a sense of yourself your real self, your unique self. He also said the more relaxed you are, the better you are at everything. The better you are with your loved ones, the better you are with enemies, the better you are at your job, the better you are with yourself. He also said every moment that you share someone else's pain, feel what they feel, makes you more human. And the last quote is a quote from Renee Zellweger. Goodness in other people and what they contribute inspire me. I love it when someone is gifted and shares in it some way so that it has a trickle-down effect. So hopefully that was a few good basic descriptions. If you feel like, hmm, I might be a nine, keep listening. If you feel, hmm, I might have a nine in my life, keep listening. Because we're going to go into more of the triads, the wings, the security, the healthy, unhealthy average. So that you can really identify yourself as a nine or maybe those in your life that are nine. So we can begin the course of transformation. If you have been following along, you know that the nines are part of the anger triad. So we're going to be going over their triad next. So eights, 
nines, and ones are part of the anger triad, the grouping together. So there's eight nines, ones, two threes, fours, and then five, six, and sevens, of course. So the anger triad, they're motivated by anger or they're motivated like their, their gut, right? Nines forget their anger. They take in and respond to life at the gut level. They tend to express themselves honestly and directly. The type nine is the most out of touch with their anger. Most type nine people, if they haven't done much self-development work, will deny that they even experience anger. The problem is that they actually do, they just don't acknowledge it until it has built up to the point of explosion. Then it's much like a volcano blowing, and it can be scary not only for them, but everyone around them when it happens. So if you feel that you're a type of person that doesn't get angry easily, but that you just kind of stow away, stow away, dig it deeper, dig it deeper, push it down, push it down, push their anger until something ticks you off to the point where you blow up, might be a nine. If you know people in your life that might be like this, remember, don't say, hey, I think you're a nine. But if we can begin understanding our Enneagram numbers and other people's Enneagram numbers, we really can begin the path to transformation. So let's talk a little bit about the wings. If you're a nine with an eight wing or a nine with a one wing. Again, if you're like, what the heck are these wings? Go back to the intro episode, listen to the episode on eight, catch up, and uh, you will understand what we're talking about. So nine with an eight wing, the eight wing is the challenger. You guys remember last week. So eights like to go against power and nines like to avoid conflict. What a combination, right? Nine eights have more access to anger and express it more openly. And um, they, they tend to do that if others are threatened, right? We talked about eights wanting to protect those who uh, can't always protect themselves. Nine eights have an easier time being clear and direct about things that are important to them. Although they don't tend to act on their own behalf any more than an average nine, they do have more energy to fight justice and fight for the underdog. They can be confrontational, but can turn passive just as fast. So let's talk about nine with a one wing. So, um, they know the difference between right and wrong. So we should note the ones, we'll talk about this next week, the perfectionist. So they know the difference between right and wrong. Their one side helps them stay more focused, which helps them get more done, which then builds their confidence, making a nine one feel more valuable than an average nine. Nine ones are more critical, orderly, introverted, and passive aggressive than other nines. They tend to be involved in social, social justice causes. They are principled and modest as leaders, and people want to follow them because of their integrity and steadfastness. So let's talk a little bit about their stress and security numbers. In stress, nines start to act like unhealthy sixes, which are the loyalist. They become overcommitted, worried, rigid, wary of others, and anxious even though they don't always know why. These nines become self-doubting, which makes decision-making even more difficult than usual. Interestingly, they also become reactive, which nines rarely do. In security, though, nines move towards the positive sides of threes, which are the performers. When they are more goal-oriented, they are more decisive, self-confident, and in touch with their life's agenda. Flourishing nines struggle less with inertia, take command of their lives, and believe their presence in the world really, truly does matter. More importantly, they experience genuine peace and harmony, not just the fake stuff, the, the numbing that gets them. The stress and security numbers of nines are three and sixes. 
The threes tend to be the most conformist, while sixes tend to be the most non-conformist of all the numbers. Again, what a combination. This creates massive mixed feelings for nines. They feel caught between wanting to please others and wanting to defy them. <laughs> when faced with making a decision, the nine will constantly question himself and feel overwhelmed on the inside. The three side will want to make everybody happy, while the six will get pissed off at them for once again having to get rid of their own feelings and desires to adapt. Nines usually wait around long enough for somebody else to make the decision. So let's talk a little bit about the deadly sin for nines, slothfulness. For, not, uh, for nines, slothfulness doesn't refer to physical slothfulness, but to spiritual laziness. Nines fall asleep to their own priorities, personal development, and responsi responsibility for becoming their own human being, for becoming their own person. Disconnected from the passion and motivation to live life to the fullest, nines can often fall asleep at the wheel and fail to even become who they really are meant to become. They fall asleep to the necessary passion, fire, oomph to live their own life, to go after their own dreams, and to have their own goals and ambitions, right? That, that fire, remember when the anger, the gut triad, right? That fire in their gut can really mess with their, with their inner peace. So let's jump into healthy, average, or unhealthy nines. Maybe at this point you're, you're thinking to yourself, ooh, I, I might be a nine. So we want to find, are we healthy, average, or unhealthy in the way we're living our life consistently on a day-to-day -day basis? Healthy nines are natural mediators. They see and value the perspective of other people and can harmonize what seems to be just two sides that, that can't mesh, two points of views that can't come to a conclusion that they can bring harmony to that. They are unselfish, flexible, and inclusive of other people. These nines are seldom attached to their own way of seeing and doing things. They've learned to make decisions based on the right priorities. They are inspiring, and they are self-actualized people. Average nines, while they come off as sweet and easygoing, are stubborn and out of touch with their anger. These nines overlook themselves. They, they general, gen, generally feel unimportant. They occasionally wake up and realize they have some work to do on investing in themselves, working on their own person. They are willing to stand up for justice on behalf of others, but would not likely risk doing much to stand up for themselves. They don't ask for much, though they appreciate when others do things for them. Unhealthy nines have trouble making decisions and becoming overly dependent. To dull feelings of sadness and anger, they engage in numbing behaviors, Netflix, drinking, food. Struggling to maintain the illusion that all is well in their world, they can vacillate between complete passiveness, complete consent, and just straight up open hostility. So, are you a nine? Do these sound like feelings you've had in your life? Healthy, average, unhealthy? Are you a nine with an eight wing, a nine with a one wing? Did, did any of these quotes resonate with you? If so, you might be a nine. Maybe you have a nine in your life. In the next section, we're going to be going over some thoughts, some, some extra points that might solidify for you if this is your Enneagram number. Let's jump into some Thoughts and notes on our friends, the peacemakers. 
If nines aren't careful, they can sleepwalk through life. Nines are the most peaceful of all the numbers. Chill and easygoing, they go with the flow. They let things unfold naturally and never force things or people. Practical and down-to-earth, law of inertia applies heavily to nines. And the law of inertia, for those of you who aren't sure, it's that things at rest tend to stay at rest and things in motion tend to stay in motion, right? This can be good and bad for the nine. If going, they can be highly productive. Um, but rest can really be an issue. One day of rest can turn into seven days of rest very quickly. One day off your diet turns into two weeks off your diet. One day of bad habits, and it can turn into many days of bad habits. Nines value inner peace and equilibrium above all else. The main motivation of a nine is to avoid conflict at all costs, which often interferes with a nine fully living out their life. If a nine shares their opinion or goal, they worry that it might conflict with someone else's opinion or goal and therefore disrupt the peace. Not just their inner peace, but the peace between the people and even maybe the inner peace of the other person. Therefore, it's better to do just what others think, to do what others do, to feel what others feel. Nines very easily merge with other people and other Enneagram numbers. But unlike the threes do, and we'll get into that once we get to threes merging with others, nines do it to keep the peace. Nines like to travel down the road of least resistance as often as possible. Nines confuse relaxation with numbing. They use things like drinking, exercise, shopping, Netflix, TikTok to numb their own feelings thoughts, or desires. Now, you might think to yourself, well, well, Kyle, what's wrong with like exercise? Like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, if you are using exercise, because I think this is a big one. There's people, I, I feel, listening to this podcast that may use exercise as a way to numb their own feelings, to numb their own thoughts, to numb their own desires. So it's not always scrolling through TikTok, right? Binging Netflix. It's anything that numbs their own feelings, thoughts, or desires. Oftentimes, they don't know how to start or have so many questions that they don't indeed ever start. They don't ever get going, and instead, they go to those numbing experiences to get through life. Nines tend to be self-forgetting, have a difficult time making decisions, and are easily distracted. Nines find themselves a little bit in each of the Enneagram numbers. Nines can have the idealism of ones the kindness of twos, the attractiveness of threes, the creativity of fours, the intellect of fives, the loyalty of sixes, the optimism of seven, and the strengths of eights. And in fact, one of the characteristics, although I don't feel like this is consistent with all nines, but if you're someone that you've studied the Enneagram and and you're listening to these podcasts and you're learning about your Enneagram type and you're not sure, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm a few different numbers. Sometimes, that can be a sign that you might be a nine. Nines tend to merge and show characteristics of other Enneagram numbers. The only problem with this is that they never really become aware of their own nineness and the transformative measures needed to make a radical difference in their own life. Nines have a hard time seeing their own importance and self-worth. They just don't think they're special enough to change anything. Nines definitely have a point of view, It's just common for them to go along to get along. And when they don't monitor that tendency, 
they can become passive aggressive and how they get their own needs met. Nines have the lowest energy of any number on the Enneagram. Nines tend to have a lot of unfinished projects lying around. They can become jack-of-all-trades type people that struggle to become a master of one specific thing. So here would be an example of some nineness. Nines don't like to get asked where they want to go out to eat. They fear that their decision will upset the person asking and disrupt the peace. Nines want to know what you want to eat so that they can merge with you. The problem is their want for keeping the peace can conflict what they actually want, which, you know, they, they want to eat causing that, like we talked about earlier, that, that causes that inner three and six conflict, right? And, and, and you don't want to cause that inner three and six conflict that we talked about in, in the last section. That's a struggle for nines. So if you have a nine in your life, you, here's a tip. You want to make it easier in nines? Don't give them unlimited possibilities. It's much easier for you to ask a nine, hey, would you like to go to Applebee's or Chili's rather than endless possibilities of restaurants in the world? Because when you say, hey, would you like to go to Applebee's or Chili's? They can go, hmm, Chili sound good to, good, sounds good tonight. And all of a sudden, you've given nine their power of choice. They're not merging with you, and they can become that transformative process themselves, that transformation process themselves, and, and really start creating their own identity. Nines tend to see both sides of an argument. That's why they can be natural mediators, and that, in fact, a healthy nine is a great mediator. Nines are highly empathetic to other people. People feel that their side was listened to and understood when talking to a nine even if the nine never outright stated their own opinion. And that's a key for a nine. Seeing both sides of views in, is a nine's way of not taking a stand and avoiding conflict. Nines will never form their own opinion and instead merge with other people, people's opinions and thoughts. Ever so often, nines know exactly what they want, though, and they will stand their ground regardless of the conflict they can create. This happens when a nine acts on their own convictions. Enneagram teachers call this right action. Transformation for nines begins with thinking about and declaring which of two viewpoints is correct from their point of view. Nines will also find it helpful to have a list of to-dos ranked from most to least important. Without a list, nines tend to go with the flow and work on whatever life presents them next, again leading to many unfinished projects. So here's a big question. How can peacemakers be in the anger triad? Nines can get as angry as eights, but they bury it so deep within them, it results in lots of unresolved anger for nines. Nines have a lot of resentment. Because they have trouble making decisions, they will harbor resentment towards other people for taking advantage of them. And now, if you're not a nine, you're not trying to take advantage of the nines, but that's how a nine will perceive it. Nines won't express their anger out loud, but it will often come in the form of passive-aggressive behavior, even sometimes without a nine realizing it as they sort of sleepwalk through and, and forget their anger. So here's something to, to note about nines. What might seem like a minor conflict to you might be World War III to a nine. If you speak up at a nine, they might think you're yelling at them. So if you have nines in your life, 
you know, be wary of them. You know, one thing, I, not wary of them, love on them. You know, be patient with them is what I mean. Because here's the deal, you know, nines are great people. You know, as we go through the Enneagram, some of these things might sound very negative. Someone out there might be thinking right now like, oh, geez, why, why would I want to be a nine? You know, but nines are amazing, right? Nines make wonderful teachers, clergy, public relations executives. They love routine. They love predictability. Nines are amazing human beings. Remember, there's no better number on the Enneagram than than each. The goal of this is to identify who you are. And often when it comes to the Enneagram study, and a lot of Enneagram teachers will, will go over this, that it's not always the good things that help us identify who we are. It's usually the negative things. And so I, I don't want you guys to feel like I'm knocking on nines and I'm being negative toward nine and saying all the, the bad nine things. Nines are amazing human beings. We need wine. wine. We need nines. We need their peacemaking abilities. But it's 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 interesting to note as we go through these, if these are hitting you hard, oftentimes you might know that is your number. If it's the number on the list, the descriptions that really hit at your gut, that really hit at your core and you're like, oh no, like are they talking about me? That's usually a pretty good sign that that might be your number. So if you feel like you are a nine, if you may have a nine in your life, in the next section, we're going to be talking about transformation of nines, how to transform and how to become the best version of yourself. It is time for our Q&A section. This is the section of each podcast where you as listeners can send in questions you want answered. We usually answer one fitness, health, nutrition-related question and one personal development-related question. So as always, if you guys have a question, you can submit it to me um, on uh, by like email. That's in the uh, show notes or Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are listening. Connect with me at Kyle Curbs, um, or on Facebook as well. You can connect with me. Both my Instagram and Facebook handle are in the show notes. But uh, let's jump right into the Q&A question. So the first question is something I get um, uh, quite often. And the question is along the lines of like this, like, is this food okay? Like, is this food okay to eat? Like most recently, I got one that they sent me a, a label of like a drink and said, is this drink okay to drink? Okay, so let's discuss this in, in general terms first. Okay, so in general terms, everything is going to be based off of what your goals are. Like in theory, there kind of is a time and place for every single food or every single drink out there. Now, in my opinion, there are some foods that you should never drink, right? Like you should never have a Mountain Dew, <laughs> like just straight up. You should never drink Mountain Dew. But I mean, in theory, could you argue, is there a time and place? I mean, yeah, I guess like if you're starving in the desert and that's the only thing to drink, maybe. But here, here, so in general, like it really is going to depend on your goals, what you're going after. But a more specific answer is I really like to stick to like the three main drinks. Okay. So you've got water, obviously water. The more water you can drink, the better. Coffee. When I say coffee, I'm talking about like black coffee and tea, right? You've got black, you've got green tea, you've got pico tea, like those three drinks. If you can stick to those three things, I don't care what your goals are, whether it's maintenance, whether it's energy, whether it's muscle gain, weight loss, whatever it may be. If you can stick to water, obviously as number one, and then black coffee, and then like black, green, pico tea, um, you will be set off really, really well. Now, outside of those three things, you know, my general rule of thumb is anything zero calorie would be the next step. Now, obviously included in zero calories, things like diet soda, or there's like zero calorie energy drinks. I don't recommend those, you know, but in theory, if you're talking about purely from a 
weight loss standpoint, yeah, zero calories is zero calories. But more and more studies are showing that those things like Diet Coke or those zero energy monsters, whatever it is, uh, are, are terrible for you anyways. So I would stay away from those. And in my mind, like, I know this is different for every person, but it's kind of the mindset of if you have to question, is this healthy? It's probably not healthy, right? No one ever questions, is coffee healthy? Is green tea healthy? Is water healthy? No one ever questions those. But if you're like, well, this is a zero calorie drink, but it's okay. If you have to like, if you have to reason your way out of it, <laughs> probably stay away from it. So that would be my point of view. And then um, another tip is anything with calories, I definitely would stay away from. Now, I know that's going to throw a lot of things out, but um, if we're talking about purely from a like physiological standpoint, and if you're looking for like weight loss, I don't always recommend um, things with calories. Now, again, is there a time and place for milk, for orange juice, for juices? And of course, there's a time and place. But as a general rule of thumb, if you could stick in your life to only drinking coffee, water, and tea, those zero calorie drinks, you're going to be pretty well off. Okay. So, uh, question number two, um, this is, um, it was kind of a long post, but I kind of summarized it. So, um, the, the summary of it is I have a hard time sticking to new habits. How can I find a way to stick to new habits better? Okay. Great question. So, any new habit you're trying to create, whether it's like for fitness and weight loss, whether it's for personal development, I always recommend starting small and doing something you can consistently do. Okay. So for example, someone comes to me and says they like, oh, I want to start working out. Like, well, how much can you work out? Well, I'm, I plan to work out five days a week. Okay. So what my next question would be is, can you, or do you see yourself working out five days a week a year from now? Ooh, or, or five days a week during Christmas season or five days. You know what I mean? Like if you can start small, you know, even if it's 30 minutes a day, two times a week, you know, that's small that you can build upon. So if you're trying to build new habits, don't go all in at once. Always start small. But the goal is you have to be consistent. So once you make a commitment, find a way to stick to that commitment. So let's say it's reading a book, right? Start small. Start with I'm going to read one paragraph a day. Okay. And I find as I've worked with people over the years, that one paragraph done consistently over time will turn into two paragraphs, will turn into a couple pages, will turn into a chapter a day when done consistently. But the goal is start small, something that you know you can do. If you know you can read a page a day, or if you know you can work out 30 minutes a day, or you know you can start with one serving of veggies a day, or you know you can start with 50 ounces of water a day, start small. Start with what you know you can do and then grow from there. So often people want to, I'm going to start drinking a gallon a day. I'm going to start doing an hour and a half of cardio a day. I'm going to start reading two books a day. Like, Don't start that big. Like there's a reason you you have tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed because you've gone too much. So if your goal is sticking to a new habit, I recommend starting small and then increasing over time, not necessarily on purpose, but as you grow big into the habit, you're going to find yourself naturally increasing over time and wanting more, wanting to do more to a point where you read your normal chapter, right? It used to struggle reading a paragraph of a book and you read a whole chapter and you think, well, I got to read another chapter. I got to read a third chapter, fourth chapter. Oh, dang, it's midnight. I got to go to bed, but I'm so addicted to reading, right? So starting small and letting the natural momentum of your consistency gain and build over time. 
So with that, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Life Well Live podcast. Thanks so much for your patience, for you regular listeners. If you're listening to this podcast a year from now, obviously you won't notice the uh, time gap because you'll be listening in order. But for the regular listeners that are listening here in 2020, uh, thanks so much for your guys' patience. We're going to get Enneagram 1s out to you uh, very, very soon. And shortly after that, the Enneagram two. Um, I'm super excited. Enneagram ones will finish the anger triad and we'll jump into the two, threes, and fours. Um, I got to admit, I'm really excited. Um, I'm a three on the Enneagram, so I'm very excited to be going over threes. And and uh, maybe I shouldn't be excited. Maybe that's going to be a tough one to go over and and uh, because I'm going to have a lot of personal experience with that, right? But uh, super excited. So stay tuned, um, not just next week, but um, as soon as possible as we can finish it and get it going, we're going to get that Enneagram episode one out to you and then um, catch up with our uh, back to our weekly, weekly episodes from there. So with that, thank you so much for listening to the Life Well Live podcast. If I haven't connected with you on Instagram, check the show notes, Facebook, check the show notes, send in some questions. If you have any questions you'd like answered, please tell your friends, please subscribe and let more people know about the Life Well Live podcast. And to end the episode, if you believe you are a nine, I want to let you know that I love you. If you feel like you have nines in your life, reach out to them. Let them know that you love them because the whole point of the Enneagram is transformation. I'm praying for you. I hope that you guys have a great week, whether you're nine or not a nine, and I will see you next time on the Life Well Lived podcast.